It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the Midsummer's edition. My name's Alan Deegan, and on the line I've got William Davis. Evening, Alan. The draw for the Challenge Cup has come out, William, and um, we're going to have a quick listen to see how it went. Sail Sharks. And the first club out, Sail Sharks. Former Challenge Cup champions, of course, back in 2002 and 2005, and they will go into which pool, Austin? Pool 3. Connacht Rugby. Le club irlandais du Connacht Rugby qui intégrera une des deux poules, la poule 3 ou la poule 4, Austin. Pool 3. Bordeaux Bègle. Bordeaux Bègle. Pools 1 and 4. They can't go into those, do again to the same league rule. So Bordeaux Bègle should be allocated to which poolers? Pool 3. Perpignan. Perpignan, lui aussi, club promu du top 14, du Pro D2 pour le, vers le top 14 cette année. Pool 3. Qui rejoindra la poule 3. And that completes then the draw, the pool draw for the 2018-19 Challenge Cup. And pool 1 consists of Northampton Saints, Claremont, Dragons and Timisoara Saracens. In pool 2, you will find Poe, Ospreys, Worcester Warriors, Stade Francais. Sail Sharks start their campaign in pool 3 with Connacht Rugby, Bordeaux Begle and Pepignon. Pool 4, La Rochelle, Zebra Rugby, Bristol Bears and NSASTM. And Pool 5, you will find Benetton Rugby, Harlequins, Agen and Grenoble. Well, you've not had very long to cast your eye, but um, which, which pool instantly catches your eye, if you like? Pool 3 is the most competitive. Sale, Connaught, Bordeaux and Perpignan. It's really tough to call who would come out of that pool. Okay, William. Interesting draw. Yeah, it's an interesting draw. Um, uh, two French, one English. Uh, nowhere exotic, really. I was rather hoping Timoshvara Saracens might come out in Connacht's pool and we could toddle off to Romania. But um, ah, Perpignan's going to be fairly exotic. We've never been there before. Indeed not. And um, of course, they've just signed uh, Paddy Jackson. Mm. So um, that has interesting connotations um particularly if he was to play here i suspect that would turn in potentially turn into a bit of a circus um but we'll see what happens we have played uh, bordeaux before in europe uh we also played begley back in 1974 when we kind of went on a tour to sort of get ready at the end of the 1974 season they went on a tour to france as a preparation for New Zealand coming for that famous game in November 74. So that was a long time ago, different era. It was uh, indeed, and that, that other fixture was was 97 when we played them, and we had the likes of Eric Elwood and um, who else did we have on that team? Willie Orlan, the current CEO, was on that team. Uh, you had Nigel Carlin, the, the backs coach on that team. Lots of names of people, and we haven't played them since. Won both games. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You would think you'd come up against these. Perpignan, I think you were telling me earlier on, is the 21st French team we've we've played. Yep. Um, so that'll be interesting. And I think all of these games are very reachable for the fans. This is an opportunity if you want to go and watch Connacht away from home and go to somewhere different to a Pro 14 venue, then you've got Bordeaux, Perpignan and Sale. Sale have moved from Stockport Park 
They're playing now down at Salford Red Devils Rugby League uh, ground. Yeah, and we, and we um, certainly won't miss that, that, that place in Stockport. They, they gave us a couple of Tonkins there, didn't they? Back in the Yeah, they, cer- they, they, they certainly did. And um, I believe I'm right in saying that Stockport soccer ground was actually the largest playing area of any soccer ground in the UK. Now, that mightn't have been at the time Connacht played there, but right. it was famous for the size well. of, its, uh, of its pitch. It was bigger than Wembley, apparently, the playing area. Um, yeah, well, in April oh. 2005, they, they stuck 59 points on us, and only two teams have ever stuck more points on us in Europe. So, um, obviously, the size of the pitch was working for them back then. <laughs> yeah, if that was the case. Um, they, Adj McGinty being there is obviously of great interest. Faster clerk. Mm. who's been uh, terrorising England in the the first two tests down in South Africa this uh, June is there is a scrum half. They've got James O'Connor, uh, the Australian out half, who's had some issues with playing with Australia. I don't know whether he's suspended or what the situation is as an international scenario. Mm. And Denny Solomon of the England wing. So, look, they're not... It's not like one of the top, top English teams. And the whole thing about the Challenge Cup, having watched Connacht in it for many years and and watched how it evolved last season, a lot of it really depends on how these teams are set up when they come around to playing. They'll have played about six... Connacht will probably have played about six games. Mm. Uh, The French might have played seven... English might have played six. And it really depends. Have you made a good start in your domestic league or are you under pressure? Now, last year, Breve, uh, Oinya and Worcester were all under severe pressure. Yeah. And that worked to Connacht's advantage because they had other things on their mind. Perpignan have just come up from Pro D2. They're up now in the rarefied air of the top 14 where there's lots of money, mm. TV money, guys get paid lots of money. I suspect this competition will be something that will be on the back burner. It may not be, and the French side like to play well at home, but you just have that feel. Yeah, if you, look at, if, you, if you look at Bordeaux and, and Sale last season, they both finished third in their Challenge Cup groups. They won their home games, didn't do much away from home. You'd sort of expect them to be of similar route next season. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd probably feel that, you know, if Connacht won five out of six and unfortunately got the game in Worcester away wrong, if they'd won that, might have been a totally different scenario for who they played in the quarterfinals. But look, that's yeah. history. But it's, you got to win your home games. Yeah. you probably got to win two away games. Uh, we have a good enough record in France in this competition. Um and it's just nice to see different teams. I'm delighted that we haven't got teams that we play regularly. Um, we obviously couldn't get any uh, another Pro 14 side, but it's it's nice just to get different yeah. sides, different places to go, um, different coloured jerseys to look at. <laughs> and, um, it's the sort of the sign. Look, it's the middle of the summer. The rugby season is still going on. Ireland have a huge match next Saturday morning. Mm. Um, but Connick, this is this is kind of the start of the season. This is this is the first. You know, the six fixtures will come out of this pool, 
Uh, there'll be two in October, two in December, and two in January. Yeah. Um, doesn't seem to be any Thursday night fixtures like it, it, unless that. Of course, EPCR do change things around, but they seem to be suggesting that the weekends are three-day weekends now. They're Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I don't think those Thursday so, games were working. Nobody was going to them. I don't think anyone's watching them either. From you know, no, from all uh, accounts. I think. Yeah, the, the TV deal, of course, has changed. We might talk about that in a little while. Um, mm. But I think it's, um, it'll be, I'd say, for comic fans, reasonably easy places to get to. Per- Perpignan, you have three airports in Barcelona, you have two nearby in France. Sale, you can pop into Liverpool or, or Manchester. and You can take the ferry, line. William, you can take the ferry. Yeah, I thought you'd mention that, Alan. Well, indeed, you can't take the ferry, and I'll fly over it, and I'll wave politely as my plane scoots over. Uh, and look, look, look up your second cousin in Manchester that you haven't seen since you were 10, and you'll be able to sleep on their floor or something. So I think it's, that's good. And um, I'm, I always look forward to Europe. I enjoy it. Um, I, think, I think it's just something different. Um, just on the TV deal for just for people yeah. who mightn't be keeping up with these things because it's 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 sort of endless permutations. But uh, this season is different. Sky are no longer involved at all. Yeah. All of the matches in the Champions Cup and the Challenge Cup that that, that they are shown will be on BT Sport. Um, and there is some free-to-air rugby. Um, which was part of the deal. We were told about this a couple of years ago. I was very sceptical that this would ever happen, but one Champions Cup match per round will be shown free-to-air uh, in, on Channel 4 in the UK and Northern Ireland and on TV3 in the Republic of Ireland. What I haven't been able to determine is if it's going to be the same free-to-air match. Um, that's right. Like concern, I think. In let, let's be honest about it, TV three you would think would be looking to have Leinster or Munster's game. Yeah. Um, Channel four might be looking to have a game maybe b- between an English and a Welsh side or whatever combination. So I haven't yet worked out how this free to air game will work, but that's encouraging to see. Uh, Channel four. I've shown some of the Welsh tour. They're showing Scotland, Argentina on Saturday night. They've appeared in Rugby Union from nowhere, having never shown it in their um, 36-year history. Mm. And little push around maybe that they're, they're, they're casting an eye at the Six Nations, uh, potentially when that contract comes up again. And it'll be good for European rugby to get that slight opportunity. But if you want to watch most of it, it's going to be tied into BT Sport, and BT Sport is tied into Air Sport mm-hmm. and Premier Sport, who have the rights to the Pro 14 rugby. And at some stage, a full package will be put together. Yeah. And the bottom line is it's going to cost people money, but I think it will give them access to an awful lot of rugby. It will, and, and my, you know, my only worry is, as um, someone has Virgin, because I like their their broadband, is that that currently, Premier Sport or Air Sport are not available on on Virgin, and I don't really fancy having to change my broadband provider just to watch my rugby. So that's going to be a bit of a interesting to see what happens there, because there's a lot of Virgin customers out there. I think there is, and I, I can't help but feel that that is an issue that's under discussion. 
um, you would hope. Yeah. Uh, you can't have been the only one who's noticed that. I'm in a similar situation with my broadband, although I have more television systems because I, I live a very <laughs> restricted life and I watch five rugby internationals on a Saturday, which I've done for the last two Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I should get out more. I, I apparently <laughs> we had some nice weather. I, I, I didn't actually notice this. I didn't probably open my curtains in time to notice the fact that we've had some nice weather in the last few weeks. And, and, uh, and allegedly more coming next week, but we'll we'll see. I believe it when I see it. Well, the good news about that is after Saturday, there's no rugby. No more, <laughs> no more rugby. It really is the season end. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, it's a season that's gone on forever, isn't it? And 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 yeah, you know, we talk about there's no rugby. The, the season finishes this Saturday, and and you know the following week, Connacht are back in pre-season. Yep, absolutely. Um, and that's, yeah, well, look, you know, they finished at the end of April. They've had a longer break than they would normally get. There's obviously been uh, some disruption with the fact that uh, Kieran Kane was uh, relieved of his duties. But mm-hmm. Andy Friend, new coach, they're, they're probably back around about Friday week. They tend to start on a Friday, which I think is probably, probably quite a good idea. But the fact is, I think they, they do a three-day kind of training camp, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, yeah. So it's not like they just come back on Friday and then get the weekend off. Um, yeah, but and of course the, the other, the other. I suppose we should before I, we move away from from this season, the the, the Champions Cup draw. We, we we better make reference to the fact that we are in the lower competition, and there was a a really fascinating Champions Cup draw today. Yeah, there certainly was. I, I'm a little surprised. There's a headline in one of the uh, online newspapers here saying uh, Leinster are in will be in trepidation or something like that or, or of the group they're going into. I, I would have thought most sides would be in trepidation of playing Leinster. Quite frankly, they are the champions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is It is a higher level competition. I mean, Connacht have, Connacht have been there. We've, we've, had, we've enjoyed some reasonable days in it. Yep. It does get more media attention. It gets more television. Um, it's, it's where you want to be, but, you know, you have to you have to sort out your performance in your own domestic league to get there. Yes. But just, just quickly go through those groups, Alan, of, of uh, who's got what. Okay. So you've got Leinster, have drawn Wasps, Toulouse and Bath, all former winners of the competition. So, like, historically that's a, a, a tough group, but I'm not sure it's as tough as, as the group that Munster have got in Cast, who are the French champions, Exeter, the runners-up, uh, and the... Aviva Premiership, and then Gloucester, who got to the final, who defeated us last year. That's a that's a pretty tough pool for Munster, and then Ulster didn't come out particularly easy either. They were in they were in the bottom seeds in their group with Sar- Scarlets, Racing ninety two, and Leicester. So pretty tough groups for the Irish. Apart from Leinster, I think should should be able to get through theirs. Yeah, you would hope so. Um, I think it's important for the international side. It's, it, it seems to it seems to feed into the confidence levels. The the Champions Cup new well, the title sponsor has gone back to Heineken. Um, yes, so it's the Heineken now, Champions Cup now, not the Heineken Cup. Heineken Champions well, we Cup. The bottom line is, um, it's been it's still being called the Heineken Cup yeah. after years <laughs> of not being fully sponsored by Heineken. So. It's still going to be the Heineken Cup, and they can they can try to insert the word champions there. It's not going to happen. No. Um, uh, the Heineken sponsorship was very successful. There's a lot of money tied up on it. Uh, Turkish Airlines came in, but the sponsorship never really seemed to gel. 
And sometimes when you come back in as a sponsor, having walked away for a couple of years, you're able to get it at considerably less money. And mm. uh, um, that has happened to some extent with the Six Nations as well, uh, when they perhaps overplayed their hand and uh, didn't didn't get as much money as they were as they were hoping for. It's a competitive business, but it did seem today. I thought it was a well presented draw. It, it was certainly wasn't the bells and whistles, set latter FIFA type thing, but it was it was nicely done. It was shown on. BT Sport had it. It was online. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. It was snappy. It was quick. You know, you didn't have to wait around too long. Yet there was still tension. Like certainly when NSI were still in the, in the chance, or we were in the chance to get NSI. I was certainly a bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. You'd have been perfectly safe in Russia. Um, everybody seems to be having plenty of fun over there at the football. Anyway, they certainly do. They certainly do. Um, so yeah, we've. We've mentioned about you know um, the Ireland match on Saturday, which is a huge game. It'll be interesting to see if any of the Connacht players manage to work their way back into the into the lineup, having had three in the first the first match and which didn't go well, and then none in the second match, which which went very well for Ireland. Yeah, I think um, I think Gary Ringrose is always going to get that 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 berth at, at uh, thirteen. Um, the bench, he. He set up the bench. I, I don't know how he's going to set up the bench. Uh, I mean, Quinn Roo could come back in, but it doesn't seem likely. Kieran, the, the situation with the scrum halves is it doesn't seem to matter who you are as the reserve scrum half. You're not going to, you're not really going to get on to yeah. do anything meaningful unless there's an injury, and you and you don't want to see that. Um, yeah, but it's it's very worrying to see that we don't have, you know, we have one scrum half effectively. That's it. Now, if he gets injured, nobody else has had any game time. Kieran's had one start in the last, I don't know how long, as against a Tier 1 team. And, you know, the other guys aren't getting a huge chance to do very much. Like, it was great to see in the first game, it was great to see um, Carberry getting his game time, and he, he played very well. Um, obviously, he doesn't have the same authority that Sexton does yet, but at least he's got, you know, he's got a good game under his belt. Maybe, maybe we'll see more of him in November when we actually have four games. Yeah, uh, uh, that, that's possible. And I think you can possibly play around a little bit more in November. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on Saturday, you're going to pick your absolute strongest team. They want to win this match. They want to lay... The, two years ago, they, they, they came home from South Africa thinking they should have won the series. Could have won it 3-0. They finished up losing it 2-1. Yeah. They they don't want to come away from here without a win. Um, somebody asked me who follows rugby a little bit asked me why what had happened to Bundy and I said, Well, the difficulty is if he if he's not gonna start the way the way I see the setups now for um the bench, you're gonna have uh, five forwards. You know, you have to have your front row, you've got a second row and a and a, a back row. Yeah. A back row. Uh you're gonna have a spare scrum half spare out half and your your utility back sort of has to almost cover two positions. Yes. Um, so you've got somebody like a Jordan Larmer who could play fullback or on the wing, and if he comes on, you can move people around. So that's a, that's probably a slight difficulty uh, for Bundyaki because he's he is a centre. Uh, and, and, although... and he's an inside centre. Yes, I think he is. I think he's he's competing directly with... Um, Henshaw. Henshaw. So it's an interesting one, but look, that squad is settling down. There's a World Cup coming it'll take a special performance to, to force your way in now. I think that side that's been down there, they've been together for, for a month down there. Yeah. Uh, and that's very important because 
I know players go off to play in internationals, but they don't get coaches don't get huge amounts of time with their international players. That's why it's so intense. Yeah. Um, and then Joe Schmidt's coaching camps are probably more intense than 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 many others. It, it's yeah. That that's why I actually find this time of the year quite fascinating. I've been you know I mean obviously I watch a fair bit of Wales. They've been in Argentina. Argentina look an absolute shambles. Uh, it's hard to believe where they were in 2015. They're a side that obviously are, have been a nemesis in World Cups for Ireland. Yeah. And maybe I'm not. Maybe next year they'll be. They seem to peak every four years, but they they looked really poor in in those two games. We'll see how they get on against Scotland on Saturday nice. night. The, these these games in this situation are very very important. Mm. Um, but then you you know we look at Connacht and we know that the last two pre-seasons haven't gone well. Yeah. Pre-season directly after the championship winning year, last year's pre-season. This year, there's no excuses. There's no room for wriggle room. They everybody's going to be available. They have to hit the ground running. They have to get their work done, and hopefully that will manifest itself in in faster start to the playing part of the season they'd only be missed in um, the three internationals obviously have to get their time off they've been playing quite a lot of rugby and doing quite a lot of work but um, hopefully with the sun on their back up at the sports ground they'll be um, they'll be absolutely flying and come August when they start the warm up matches um, that the the new players that have come in are um, ready to rock yeah, and up to date with the systems, and that we hit the ground running in September. Yeah, and talking about hitting the ground running or not, as the case was, um, the Ireland under twenty struggled very badly at the World Cup and only barely beat Japan in the last game in order to make sure they qualified automatically for next season. They were they won thirty nine thirty nine thirty three, like there was only six points in it. Um, so yeah, yeah. it's it, it was wasn't very wasn't very good. Uh, results wise no it certainly wasn't um, y- you can't you can overread into that but I think yeah it was disappointing and it's imp- it's an important grounding not everybody that plays at that level is, is, is going to work their way through into the system um, but it was it was a little bit of a, a shock for them I think they they just never came to grips with any of the games it was important that they didn't have to go into a qualifying scenario mm-hmm. Um, slightly disappointing as well. Nobody uh, from Connacht there. John Masterson, I think, would have been, but he he was unfortunately injured. These things go in cycles a bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think two, like, two or three years ago, there was only one or two monster players in there. So you know, th- there's definitely a cycle to this this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was uh, it it was it was tough. It certainly was. It certainly was. And talking of of tough. Poor Germany are going to try and qualify for the World Cup um, playing against Samoa home and away. Like <laughs> that's some round trip home and away to Samoa. Um, and if they, you know, yeah, it, so so the winner of that group goes into Ireland's group in the World Cup next next year with Japan, Scotland, and Russia. Indeed, it does. Um, saw Germany a few years ago at the sports ground on a Saturday afternoon, getting thumped by. Not the strongest eagle side, so no. I think they have improved. They beat Portugal in Heidelberg last weekend, fifteen twelve. So 
it's a great opportunity for them. It'll be a story to tell. I think it might be a pretty bruising encounter. Um, Samoa lost at the weekend to Tonga, so that'll have won't have helped them. I don't actually know when these games will be played. They normally play these playoff games sort of one weekend and the other, but it's quite a job to get to the other Samoa side of the world, yeah. and then come back and play in Germany. Uh, but it'll be interesting. Look, Samoa are going to win that. So that'll tighten, that tightens up Ireland's group. Uh, Russia are obviously there because Romania and Spain, I think, got the... Um, yep. Issues got, with... Uh, with players that weren't qualified for them or some strange do that. Yeah, that's the that's sort, of, sort of stuff that used to go on years ago in amateur rugby when yeah. players would appear, play and be in a fast... I think they were called fast cars. Mm-hmm. They were. They didn't hang around for the uh, after-match drinks in case somebody realised that Who they, were. they were actually... Yeah. Somebody who'd, who'd come in from uh, elsewhere, a ringer. So that seems to have been going on with um, some of the some of the tier two nations in Europe. Yeah. Okay. And we're gonna we're kind of gonna finish on a slightly sad note, unfortunately, for the the podcast. Um, last week, a, a really, you know, major Connacht fan and and man who who was involved in the first supporters club and was on a previous president of the of the Connacht clan, Leighton Turner, unfortunately died. Quite a young man. Um, and, and a huge character and a huge character in both Galwegians and in Connacht rugby um, he saved our bacon I, I seem to remember at one stage he certainly did Alan he was a, he was a very decent guy we, um, we used to bump into him we were in Montpellier and um, we had turned up the night after a very famous victory quite early on a Saturday morning at the railway station to get our train to and I, I haven't actually worked out where we were getting the train to, but I we can We were going to Carcassonne. We were getting our flight, because we were back on a flight to Carcassonne. Well, there you, there you are, you see. That was the plan. Uh, but unfortunately, the train was discontinued somewhere up the track, um, which is quite startling when you're sitting watching the information board in the station at about 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Um, and Leighton took charge of the situation. He was there. He managed to get us a full refund for our tickets in cash, which was quite handy, uh, because he spoke French. Well, and then he spoke Leighton's version of French. Well, it was enough. <laughs> it was better, than, it was better than, than our versions, especially with the, yeah, head, the, the sore better, heads we had. Better than, better, better than mine. And we then went outside and um, we negotiated with um, two local chaps who were masquerading as taxi drivers. I don't actually think they were, but at that stage we were absolutely <laughs> desperate. So late in the game got got involved there and uh, we worked out a price and three of us jumped into each of these cars and we haired off uh, either down the motorway or up the motorway. Um, I was talking but, uh, I was talking to Packy about it as well because he was there too and and he says he, you know, you know, try, was sleeping in the car and he'd wake up every now and again and Leighton was in the front, and he's convinced that every time he woke up, that Packy woke up, he could hear Leighton going on about Shabal, and Shabal, and Shabal. So, I don't remember Shabal playing for Montpellier at the time, but um, certainly he was one of Leighton's favourite players. Yeah, so to his parents, Bill and Marion, and his brother Aaron, who's also a Connacht supporter, somebody who was on that trip, mm-hmm. uh, our sincere condolences, very sad news, and... Uh, we hope uh, 
that the rugby the rugby community will have, have passed that on. I'm sure they have. I think there were there was a there was a good turnout of rugby people there. Certainly on the on the Friday night, I couldn't I couldn't make it back up on Saturday, but uh, I think it was well well acknowledged that rugby was a major part of Leighton's life. And um, may he rest in peace. Okay, William. I think we'll we'll leave it there, and um, we'll be back again probably in August. Yeah, the the fixtures for uh, the Champions Cup should should appear out sometime, uh, and it should take it should be a bit quicker now because only one TV company really involved in, in this. Well, there mm. isn't. Uh, there's obviously BN Sports in France, but it, it should uh, be a bit quicker. Last year it got quite uh, complicated apparently between BT and Sky, so. Once those fixtures are out, everybody will get the first four rounds and everybody can start uh, booking their flights and looking up their Airbnbs and their cousins that they didn't know they had. And um, Yeah, yeah. And if you want if you want to go for pre-season games, they, they kind of play Breve uh, in early August. And then I think they travel to Bristol in late August. And there's also a, a home game, a, the home game being in Athlone because um, Buccaneers are hosting a game against Wasps, I believe, um, on the 11th of August, I think it's on their website. So um, there's, there's three games, it's good to see, we've struggled to get games before the pre-season the last couple of years, it's good to see us back to three full games and uh, hopefully Connacht will be fully up and running in time for the season start. Yeah, absolutely, it's vital to get these, these games. I think sometimes when you watch them, you you I sometimes think, what did they really get out of that? But it's just the fact that get away from training, get out onto the, the pitch. And there's a lot of new players around for Connacht, and it's their opportunity to sort of make their case to the coach and for him to see in a, in a, in a rugby atmosphere. So, yep, absolutely. OK, good stuff. We'll leave it there. Thanks, William. Thanks, Alan. Good night. Good night.